Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. I am John Schmelk, joined by Paul Dettino. Howard Cross will join Russ Salzburg tomorrow. The phone number for you, we're going to try to make this a big-time phone call show, everybody. So give us a call at 201-939-4513, and we'll kind of look ahead to the second half of the season and start talking a little bit about the Houston Texans as well. We just heard from Giants head coach Brian Dable, Mr. Dettino, talking about the New York football Giants. And to no one's surprise, the first half of the conversation at the press conference is focused around the injury to Xavier McKinney suffered during the bye week. Uh, we saw what Xavier put up on Twitter yesterday and his other social media platforms. I believe you and Lance talked about that on the show yesterday, we correct? Did. So Brian Dable would literally add nothing to any of that. <laughs> <laughs> they tried. Um, he just basically said he's disappointed that he got hurt. He's disappointed for him and the team. He feels sorry for the kid. Um, did not say he did anything wrong or blamed him for anything or you know violated any contract issues. He didn't go anywhere on that. He didn't talk about any potential discipline for the player. Uh, I believe it's one of those deals where they just don't want to say anything negative about a player publicly, which is completely understandable, and they want to keep all that in-house. So that's well, he exactly said talk to X. To do. Yes. At some point, McKinney will talk, and he was referring those questions to him. Let right. the player talk. Correct. And then he can share whatever he wants to right. share. Right. Exactly. Which is what happened when JPP had gotten into his fireworks accident many years ago. The Giants didn't say a whole lot about it, and they were like, the player will tell you what he wants to tell you. It's it's his situation that happened. He knows better than anybody, so let him speak. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, the one thing that did happen after you guys got off the yesterday, he was put on injured reserve, so he will be out for a minimum. Yeah. It's, the, it's the non-football injury reserve list, right. which is named something different, but it's still the same rule. So he has to miss a minimum of four games. So that yeah. means no Xavier McKinney versus Houston, Detroit at Dallas on Thanksgiving, and home against Washington on December 4th. And you would obviously hope for the big game and home against the Eagles on the 11th he'd be back. But obviously, you don't have to bring the guy back after four games. So there is some wiggle room there. Folks, I'll read you the quotes from Coach Dable. But take these with a grain of salt because he's always very vague when it comes to injuries. Week to week, Paul. He said, yeah, he said, quote, be out for a few weeks. Then later on, somebody said to him, well, do you think he'll return this season? And Dable said, quote, we'll see. Now, 
I've posted both of those quotes because those were legitimate quotes and legitimate responses to McKinney's status by the head coach. But people are going frantic now thinking that we'll see means like McKinney is really in jeopardy of missing the season. I don't know if that's the case or not. Dable is simply saying, we'll see. We have He's no not idea. putting a timetable on it. No, that's we, all. We, we, we just don't know. You can't freak yeah. out. You just have to be open-minded about whatever it is that he's going to have to go through. Now, if you look at the history of hand injuries, you know, assuming it's something that's typical that we've seen before, it's usually not much more than four to six weeks, generally speaking. So I think it makes sense for that to kind of be the range. Yeah, we just don't know how serious the no, damage is. No idea. So, no but, idea. But a lot of other injury stuff, John, I think you had to cut out. Well, yeah, I have some stuff I'll give you, and then you can add whatever you got to Go ahead. Add. Go to it. Nicholas Williams, out for the year. Yes. He will not return this year. Shane Lemieux, he got activated to hold practice this week. He was Mostly asked, with scout team. Yes, if he's going to start this week, and Brian Dable's like, oh, let's just look at him with the scout team first for a few snaps, see where he's at. Right. So I think they're going to play that slow a little bit. Everyone else that was out will practice this week, except for Evan Neal and Daniel Bellinger, which means correct. Odin Shane Zimenez is back, Cordell Flott is back, Jason Pinnock is back, and mm-hmm. am I missing anyone from that? Uh, list? Richie James is in concussion protocol. He'll be limited. Okay. I, so think, I think that's, that's everyone. Everybody. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think yeah. that's everybody. I don't think that. And, I think and, that's and everybody. Earlier in the, it was either, I think, late, late last week, and I'm sure you and Lance mentioned it, Ben Bredesen was put on injured right. reserve as well. Right. So he's going to be out for four weeks. Too. Um, he added that uh, Holmes, James, and Pimpleton will be those uh, among the punt returners this week at practice. James can catch punts because he will be limited in the protocol. Uh, did also say Galladay, quote, should be ready to go against Houston. Uh, also added that Aaron Robinson, quote, doubtful, unquote, of returning this season. Uh, Robinson injured his knee against oh, okay. the Chicago Bears. I did not hear that one. Yeah. So that's uh, that's going to put a lot of uh, uh, onus on Fabian Moreau to continue his fine play from the past month because it looks like he's going to have to hold down that job for the rest of the season. Yeah, no question about it. And just so fans understand, this is a little bit of a different week. This is going to mimic... The schedule the Giants had uh, in their opening week to start the season, given the extra time they had off you know, last week because of the bye, obviously. So they had practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday. Then they're going to have their normal Friday practice, and then they'll obviously play at home on, on Sunday against Houston. Yeah, and, and I understand why, because he brought the guys back yesterday, uh, and they went through whatever they had to go through in terms of checking up on their physical conditioning and their, their uh, uh, what do you call it, corrections and walkthrough stuff. Give them a hard practice now today, knowing they're going to be sore as hell over the course of the next 48 hours. So you practice them up today, you give them another tough one tomorrow, and then on Thursday you give them a respite and then ramp them up again on Friday as they prepare for the game on Sunday. I think it makes a whole lot of sense, John. And I know this, uh, outside of obviously the new injury with McKinney, which is incredibly unfortunate, the Giants are clearly on the mend. He said Bellinger is looking much better. He's doing better. Would not put a timetable on it. Obviously not practicing yet today, but but it's good to hear that he's on the way back. Yeah, and he was never put on IR. So I no. guess that should give you an indication that they think it, you know it could be sooner rather than later. Um, now keep in mind, they didn't put Aziz Ojolari on IR with his calf, waited two weeks, then they put him on IR. Right. So you don't know what's going to happen Progress is the, the key line. there. 
Correct. How does he progress? How does he progress? Because if there's enough progression, then you don't have to put him on. But if he's kind of plateaued, now you have to think about putting him on. Well, I think the hope is then, and again, they don't get into details on this stuff. But my big fear with Bellinger is that there would be a you know long term vision issue. Like there's a torn doesn't retina, sound like messed up cornea. No, from you know, retina, something like that. That's so, not true, so it doesn't sound like that's the case right. based on the fact that he's not on IR and they think he's improving and, and getting better quickly. So. Hopefully that means he'll be back sooner rather than later. By the way, folks, we're going to take a lot of your calls today, so get in here. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Open up the phones. We'll take your calls right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Uh, So, Paul, I know you and Lance kind of talked about it yesterday. I guess I'll give you my first half offensive and defensive MVPs. That's what you guys kind of did yesterday. And unsung hero, too. And unsung hero. Um, I, you know, I mean, Saquon Barkley's on offense. I mean, it's just, it's easy. Yeah. Um, I could easily make an argument for Andrew Thomas. Uh, I think if, I, if you would ask me who the most, who the best performer was in the first eight games, I'd say it's Andrew Thomas. He just never has the ball in his hands. So it's hard to name one offensive lineman a quote unquote MVP. Doesn't make mistakes though. I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> He's I mean, clean. He might be, you know, if you were to say, well, who's been the, who's done their job the best? The first half of the year, you could easily make the argument on offense that it's Andrew Thomas. Um, on defense, look, I think you got to go Dexter Lawrence. You know, you talk about pass rush. He's been the best pass rusher. He's been good against the run. He's played more snaps than anyone else in the front seven, literally. More snaps than anyone else in your front seven, except from... Now, he's probably played more snaps than take Crowder I think he at this has. point, right? I think he has. They're probably, Crowder's probably second on that list because of all the other injuries that, that have gone around. In that well, area. Crowder had a significant drop in snaps against Seattle. Correct. But until then, he would have been right there. Right. Agreed. Uh, and I think, you know, I think Julian Love is somebody you talk about. He's made some game-altering plays. And I think Dory Jackson is, is, the, is the third guy you talk about who's been, you know, their number one corner and their best corner throughout. So I think that's kind of where we're at with that. Unsung Hero was the third one we had. Unsung hero. I mean, I think you. I mean, I think you have to go Fabian Moreau. I don't. I mean, he's your starting. We outside settled on him too. I think you have. We to. settled on him too. I mean, he's played man. He's playing man on man on DK Metcalf for the whole game against Seattle. I mean, we, we had Ward. Uh, I suggested he Ward would be yeah, a candidate, and I suggested Ward, yeah. Bellinger could be a candidate too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how unsung Bellinger is at this point, though. You know, people... Low-round draft choice, third day. Yeah, no, but when you say unsung, you mean unappreciated, like, even now. And you know that's what the I mean? trouble I had with Lance. I said, how do you define unsung? Because there are so many ways you can define like you can that, say, like, and su- it alters your... Surprise player, and maybe you could put Bellinger on there as a surprise Supporting player. Supporting cast member? I yeah, don't know. whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think... But we did go with Moreau. Yeah, I think he's in there. Yeah, I, I think that's where you kind of have to go. I think Jalen Smith's in the conversation, too. I mean, I like I like Jalen, but I didn't think about him there because only he's only played five games. Yeah, no, but he, I mean, he, the but last he's, last he's, two games he's led the team in linebacker inside linebacker snaps and started the last four, I believe. Yeah, so yeah, but I I think Morrow's just frankly performed better, you know, and been, and been more consistent. So only I giving up one touchdown, Fabian Morrow, no, so far been, this season. Excellent. He think, started the last four games. I think he might have gotten away with a couple of pass interference penalties along the way that have been called. But crafty veterans, that's what they do. And, and let me let me say this, and I think it's kind of true. And I've watched even the you know I had a chance to watch a lot of football over the weekend and watch a lot of other games. I feel like they're really not throwing the pass interference flag a lot. Like I've seen, I saw a lot of contact in the secondary in games over the weekend with no flags being thrown. A lot of hands. 
A lot of hands. A lot in of fact, contact. I thought, uh, I thought the Jets got away with one in the final minute of their game against Buffalo. Josh Allen threw a bomb. And, uh, boy, there was definitely contact there. And somehow, I guess because it was at MetLife Stadium, a home crowd may have influenced the fact that no flag was thrown. But it was pretty darn obvious to me. There was some grabbing going on. And it was by the defensive back. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on here moving forward. You saw it, uh, Right here on Giants.com yeah. and the Giants app. All right, 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Don't forget, folks, go and subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts, an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst, and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with Bob Pop and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Search for Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. We'll have some Papa's Perspective Giants Huddle podcast coming your way, too. I'm working on our, I'm still working on our midweek episode this week. I've not heard back from a couple of folks I'm trying to go after, so hopefully we'll get that figured out sometime in the next 24 hours. We'll see how that goes. Uh, 201-939-4513. Let's start with uh, Jeff in Maine today. Jeff, what's going on? Oh, howdy, fellas. Um, I've got a candidate for Unsung Hero. I'm going to go with Jamie Gillen. Um, I think he's got a real leg on him. Averaging and, uh, no over 50 yards a punt, by the way. Uh, his gross is over 50 yards a punt. I will also say if your punter's is Sung here, you're probably not scoring enough points. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Well>. true, John. <laughs> hey, in, 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 in honor of Jeff Fiegels, we'll accept your nomination. I don't know if we'll okay. agree with it, but we'll accept the nomination. Okay. Um, anyway, I have an idea about uh, Kenny Galladay. How about trying some uh, back shoulder passes to him? Wouldn't he be perfect for that? And and that's all I got. I appreciate the call. We just haven't seen much of that in the offense, really, Paul. I don't know why that's not been a featured part. Maybe it's because they didn't feel that the receivers they had could necessarily execute it well enough. See, the back shoulder throw. Well, I mean, look, but Galladay has a pretty long history of, of doing that. Well, he does, but yeah. he hasn't also been on the field very much this year either. I mean, ever since that first game, he played 70% of the snaps. He's hardly played. Yeah, but they had an opportunity to see what he can do. I mean, we didn't see that in camp a lot either. We better start seeing it now. That's the only thing I can say. Because the back shoulder throw, the key, the whole key to that particular play, and it's John knows it's one of my favorite pass plays in the entire playbook. You have to have the receiver be able to run it correctly, and he's got to have that timing precise with the quarterback, or it will not work. It's got to be practiced. It's got to be instinctive. It's all timing. And you damn well better run it cleanly. Because if you don't run it cleanly, you will pay for it badly. And we'll see. But I, I look, I applaud your, your thought. You know I'd love to see it. John knows. He can testify on my behalf. Sadly, I love yes. that play. Yes. I love that play. That's correct. <laughs> he does. I mean, I'm, I'm firmly in, I, I will believe, that there's an impact there when I see it. I'm just I'm not counting on it anymore. I can't. It's been two years now. We're halfway. Through I don't year blame two. you. I, I I don't blame you. They voluntarily took him off the field as a receiver early in the year. I mean, I just haven't seen. Look, I I, I like Kenny. He's I I I defend him to people, but I need to see it now before I talk about. Don't blame you know, me one bit. Tim showing up and putting up big numbers. I need to see it. Totally understood. You know, but right now that receiver room is desperately in need of an injection. Oh, they need it. And and if he can somehow step up, I think we would all welcome it. Oh, Paul, before the year, who was my player that they could, you know, least afford to lose or not be effective for the Giants offense this year? I mean I mean that's that was the guy I picked. 
And I think we've seen the impact of him not being effective in the passing game and where the numbers are. Yeah, it's uh, it, it would make a world of difference. And by the way, it's not just on him. They really need Slayton to have a good second half of the season. He's, he's had some productive moments in the past month. But Darius Slayton is going to have to continue to give them production over the second half of this season. It's critical because uh, uh, this receiving core has got to take on its uh, share of the responsibility to get this offense going. They have to. So, And Wondell Robinson's only a rookie. Let's not forget that. As much as we all like him and we believe that the Giants, and in fact, Joe Shane said it, they've got special stuff waiting for him. We know it from what we saw during training camp. But in spite of that, you can't expect him to do the heavy lifting in that room. That's too much to ask from that kid. They need the veterans like Slayton and Galladay to step up. Yeah, and look, I think Slayton has. I mean, Slayton's done the best he can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's done as well as anyone would have thought given where we Need were nine the more last weeks week of, it, of man. August. Keep it going. Yeah, no question. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. We do have some open lines here, folks, if you want to get in and talk some Giants football. Scott in New Mexico is up next. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Hi. Good. Uh, John, I, your pick for Andrew Thomas is exactly who I'd pick. On defense, though, I would pick Adoree Jackson. Uh, and the reason I do, right now, he's ranked by PFF as the 12th best cornerback in the league. And he's done yeoman work without him. I don't think the Giants are where they are. So uh, he's my pick for the best player on defense. But I have a couple of, maybe a comment, and then I have a question. My comment uh, is about Xavier McKinney. I don't know if either of you guys have ever gone on ATVs before. I have. Uh, They're not exactly the safest. Where was the commitment, do you think, on his part, realizing that doing something like that could jeopardize, because he's such an important piece of the defense, why would you do that? And uh, It's sort of like, what is the commitment that you make as a player? Uh, and I don't know if either of you can answer it. Uh, I'm sure if uh, Brian Dable had any hair, he'd be pulling it all out by now. But where was, the commitment? He, where was the commitment on his hair. part? I'm sorry? No, I'm just making a joke, Scott. Go ahead. Okay. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Uh, so that disturbs me a great deal because, again, he's such a great player, and why would you put yourself in jeopardy? Uh, that's my first question. And then uh, my second question is also about the secondary. Does Wink have to do, as uh, Paul, you indicated yesterday, you thought Dane Belton would have to be the player to step up, and he's still a rookie. So he's still going to make some mistakes, I'm assuming. Uh, do you see them changing the way the defense is going to operate, or do you think it will remain pretty much the same and they're going to just uh, sort of uh, place Dane in that category that Xavier McKinney was in and then go from there? In other words, uh, sort of mix and match, or will they change a scheme or two in order to fit Dane Belton's uh play as opposed to Xavier McKinney's. Now is my basic question. Uh, I'll be glad to take the answers off the air, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Scott. As, as for the commitment, I mean, Xavier McKinney's a really good kid. He's a good player. He cares about the team. And we don't know what happened out there. So there's really nothing no. we can say about that. No. 
And as for Dane Belton, uh, a few things. I, I had a private conversation with Wig Martindale, and without getting too specific, Martindale is very fond of Belton. Uh, he loves his smarts, his professionalism, his work ethic, his maturity beyond his years. And that's one of the reasons why he has, despite missing so much time over the summer, been able to earn so much snap time over the course of the last few weeks since he came back. Uh, Martindale absolutely adores this kid. And so my suspicion, as I said on the show yesterday, is that he'll be the starting strong safety, although it would not surprise me if Landon Collins gets his third activation this week. In fact, I expect it. And I think that Collins is also going to play quite a bit. You could also make a case to start Collins and make Belton the guy who shares time with him. But I suspect that Belton is probably going to be the starting strong safety. And I don't think that's going to change the Giants' philosophies on defense. Yeah, I don't. I think we'll probably see Julian Love deeper more often. Well, he is the green dot. Did I mention that before? Oh, no. You know, we did not mention that. Julian Love will be wearing the green dot. He's which getting which the is, dot. I think, we all kind of expected we to happen. We said that on the show yesterday, too. So it makes sense. He'll be on the field for every play. Uh, but, but for me, Paul... I think you're going to see Julian Love playing a lot more free safety further away from the line of scrimmage. Well, he has to. What we normally do. You know, Belton is more of that, you know. Strong safety type. Intermediate level, close to the line of scrimmage level player. That's what he did in Iowa. I think he's, you know, he's, he's not... He's not a, he's not super fast, right? No. Love is definitely has better range than he does. Yes. So I think you're going to see Belton closer to the line of scrimmage and Love a little bit deeper and that is going to change some things, right? Love will have a slightly different set of responsibilities depending on where he's at. You're going to ask a lot more of Belton. You know, Love, we talked about it. Love's been very reliable. He's made a lot of big plays around the line of scrimmage. So it is a pretty big responsibility for him to come in and, and make that happen. The things that we love, or one of the things that we really, really value Wink Martindale for, is his ability to match up correctly against the other team's offense. Now, with Pierce who is one of the best running backs in this league. He's very good at making people miss, and he's very good at yards after contact. He's a terrific back. So Houston will definitely rely on him to run the ball this week. With that in mind, the strong safety is incredibly important to limit them. You could, in theory, you could see an awful lot of Landon Collins, specifically for that reason, because Landon is that kind of player, a box safety slash linebacker, if you will. So even though Belton may start, and I think they may reward him and allow him to be the starter, you might wind up seeing more snaps out of Collins this week just to contain Pierce. Yeah. And and, and it may simply go on a week-to-week basis, John, as to who starts and who gets more snaps. But I think it's still going to wind up being love with Belton and Collins as your three-safety mix one way or another. No, 100% agree with you. I think that's what we're going to look at, and we'll see what guys can kind of step in and contribute a little How bit. How fortuitous is it now that they picked up Landon Collins? Yeah, yeah, they're going to need you him. You know, because Tony Jefferson has another week left on IR, so it's not like they could go to him and say, hey, we need some snaps from you. They can't do it. And they have Jason Pinnock, too. He might get some snaps back there, too. Pinnock, too, is also available. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Don't miss Giants football at MetLife Stadium. Limited tickets are available for all remaining home games, including this week against the Houston Texans. And don't forget that matchup against the Eagles in December. Get your tickets now. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to find your game this season and secure your seat. And while you're on the internet, go check out Giants TV, the Giants' official connected TV streaming app. Giants TV brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app.
Charlie in Portland, Maine is up next. Hi, Charlie. Hey, guys. How you doing, Paul? I'm All right, Charlie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <clears throat> hey, well, <clears throat> I think uh, it's time for uh, Daniel to uh, step it up in his passing game because um, Texas isn't going to try to do exactly what Seattle did. Stop the boot, hold Barkley down, stop the run, and make Jones beat him. Charlie, Charlie, before you go any further, please. Yeah. The Texans are the worst team in the NFL against the run, or actually 30th, giving up over 180 yards a game. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. They gave up over 300 yards rushing to the Texans, and, and Henry himself Titans. had over 200. Titans. Uh, Titans. Yeah. Titans. I said Texans. Thank you, John. Okay. No, no, no. No, no. There's no reason to air the ball out against this defense. Okay. Yeah, you, but, you, but Paul, you, you Paul. run it until they make you pass it. Bingo. Thank you, John. Paul, that's Paul. true. Seattle was the 29th worst run. No, but Charlie, that's said. true. But if, but if, but, if, but, if you, but no, but Charlie, but they had played better lately. If you looked at the two games prior to the Giants, they had done a much better job against the run. All I'm saying is they're going to do the exact same thing that Seattle tried to do, and that is to stop the boot. Make Jones one-dimensional. No, look, don't yeah. try, you're right. They'll try, look, they're going to try, and if they do, then you yeah. make proper course corrections. If they're able to yeah. execute the game plan as well as Seattle did. Do you honestly expect Saquon Barkley to be held down on Sunday like he was in Seattle? Do you really believe that against this defense? I, 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 I hope not, but if I'm, if I'm that team, I'm putting nine guys in the box, and I'm going to make try to make sure – that he doesn't. It's really simple, Charlie. John, John's got it right on the head. You run it until they can stop you. They better prove that they can limit your rushing attack before you yeah. even think about yeah, throwing exactly. a pass. Okay? <laughs> Honestly. And the truth is, yeah. and I'll be, I'll be frank with you, all right? I watched the Texans game against Philly last week, and, and in studying them, they've got a decent pass rush with their front four. They actually did a really okay. nice job against Philly. It was kind of the first time all year that it woke up a little bit. I mean, they they get pressure on the quarterback. They don't necessarily get home. They're in the middle of the pack in the league in sacks. But in terms of pressure, they do get pressure on the pocket. That's about the best thing you can say about their defense. That's it. Hey, look, if you want to get that um, pass, the uh, what's that pass you like, Paul? The, the back, back shoulder, shoulder throw? Back shoulder pass. Then you got to bring my son Millitime up to play. <laughs> this guy this guy is a great wide receiver. He had, he catches with his hands. He runs. He knows all the routes. He's a great route runner. If, if they want somebody who can help Jones, this is the guy who can do it. And I'm telling you, I hope they play him this week. Bring him up instead of Cage. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna see this guy shine if they give him the ball if they throw him the ball. Thank so, you, Charlie. You have anything else okay, for us or no? No, I was just. What was the questions you had? Who was our oh offensive MVP, team? defensive MVP, and then um, unsung hero. Unsung hero. Unsung hero. Oh, I'd have to probably say Ward on defense. And that's a legitimate pick, Charlie. You're actually using your head for a change. <laughs> cool. And offensive unsung hero. I no, no, offensive and a... defensive MVPs. Just unsung hero was for oh, the oh, team. MVPs? But Ward is a yeah, legitimate got... pick. That's fine. Yeah, you get you got to go Thomas on. on and, that's, and that's a legit selection, too. 
And yeah, on defense? And on, the de- on the defense, geez. Uh, I got to go. I got to go with Jackson, Adoree Jackson. Nothing wrong he's with that one playing, either. You know, he's been playing like a number one, you know, so you got to give him credit for that. Um, so that's that's it, guys. All right, sounds good, Charlie. Thanks so much for calling again. Char- Charlie, you know, for, for those of you folks who, who listen on a regular basis, you know, we like to bust horns with Charlie. But see, every once in a while, he does actually come through with some legitimate, logical rationale. And he did on this. Well, I think he had a bye week to kind of settle down. I'm glad. Good for you, Charlie. I'm glad you. I'm glad you actually got your nerves calmed, your stress quotient down. They and let you him out of the, able they, to use some real thinking for a change. The weather was nice over the weekend. May, may, there you go. May, maybe they let him out of the rubber room for a little bit. Oh my! I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> let him walk around the facility a little bit. <laughs> oh, get a breath of fresh air. Oh he boy! He didn't even mention McKinney. I know. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for him to send the, uh, uh, put some arnica uh, on the hand. That that's right. Actually, that that technically only works for muscle pulls. I think so. I'm not sure that would have worked. For, I'm not for, sure it works for anything. To no, be well, frank with you, I said supposedly <laughs> for a reason. I'm not a doctor, Paul, but I recommend two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Folks, how scary would that be? By the way, if Charlie was actually a doctor, <laughs> that no, would be really scary. No comment. Um, we actually do have a couple open lines, folks. We haven't had open lines on this show probably since before the season. I know we didn't have a game this past weekend. People probably looking for you know things to do or whatever. But um, 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Give us a call, and we'll talk some Giants football. You got some, Paul? Yeah, John. Actually, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you because I've kind of wrestled with this a little bit too. Uh, now that Nick Williams is done uh, on injured reserve and Coach said he's, he's going to be out for the season with, uh, with that pec injury, uh, the question becomes, do they use a practice squad activation on Ryder Anderson again, who's already had two of his activations put into play, so he's got one more to go. Against Pierce and the Texans' running game, you might want the extra defensive lineman available. Yeah. So I'm thinking Ryder Anderson and Landon Collins might be the two practice squad activations I would see on Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, Ryder Anderson was up two weeks ago. He he was involved in that goal line stop against, uh, or fourth and one stop, whatever. Yeah, it was uh, on the Trevor would... Lawrence quarterback sneak against the Jaguars. Right. So he was involved in that play. And then the Giants also uh, made the roster addition, right? They signed Aaron Crawford to the practice squad, who was a defensive mm-hmm. tackle. He was he was at the Ravens, right? He was mm-hmm. with Wink Martindale over there. So, I mean, that that's quick. I don't know if he's a guy that would get involved so so early, but who knows? I think we've seen them move guys. You know, Tony Jefferson was here a week, and he was activated week one. Oh, so I who know. Knows? I know. And they they cut uh, the corner from the practice squad. Elijah too. Griffin, yes. right? The former Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was just I was just playing with that because as I look at the practice squad, and and there was certainly some some guys on there who have some playing ability. Uh, you know, each player is allowed three maximum activations from the practice squad. Then you have to figure out what you're going to do with them. Collins has that one practice activation left, so I don't think they'll promote him to the 53 this week. I think you just use his third practice squad activation, so this way he comes into the lineup at a more cheaper rate yeah. as an activation. Then maybe the following week you put him on the 53, and that's uh, that's probably how I see it going. Yeah, no question about it. Um one of the things I want to bring up here, Bob, Adam Schefter, I thought, had a really interesting tweet this morning. He said, this is the tweet. At the NFL season's midway point, average final score margin of 
9.43 points this year, so that means the average differential between the two scores okay. in the game, is the lowest through Week 9 since 1970. Wow. There have been 72 games decided by seven points or fewer than most such games through Week 9 in NFL history. Not a whole... Look, there just are not a lot of really, really good teams this year. They're just... I know you're the king of the quicksand of mediocrity, but you know you can usually find four or five teams. You're like, all right, these teams really all have a legit chance to make the Super Bowl. It's what three of those this year? Maybe. I mean, it's it's just a big glob of mess in the middle. Yeah, John. I mean, I, I strictly, you know, in looking at the NFC, I, I've been telling people that I think that the Eagles and the 49ers, uh, after the McCaffrey trade. And obviously with Jimmy G taking over for the injured Trey Lance, I think those teams are in the castle. There's a moat around the castle. Who's, who's in the castle, you said? The 49ers and the Eagles. The Eagles have the best team in the conference. I don't. I wouldn't put the Niners in the, in the castle I, with them. I, I do, but you don't have to. How about this? I'm putting the Eagles in the throne room, and I'm going to put the Niners and Cowboys in the courtyard. See, I, I have I have the moat around the castle, and I have the Cowboys on the edge of the moat waiting for the drawbridge. I've got the Vikings there. I've got the Giants and the Seahawks also kind of walking up to the moat. And then after that, I, I I just I just think everybody else is back in the forest. Yeah. See, <laughs> no, it's fair. Look, I, I would put I I think you're right. I would put the Vikings, Giants, and Seahawks in the same area. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think they're all in the same area. You know, the Cowboys played the Eagles really well with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. They did. And now with Dak back, and I, I, you know, Niners adding McCaffrey. To me, the Eagles stand alone. And then I think you have, I think, Dallas and San Fran are the next two with a little bit of separation. And then you have Giants, Seahawks, Vikings. And then, phew, forget it. After that, forget I mean, it. look at it now, folks. I mean, who's winning the NFC South? And and I know that the math says that since 1970, the Giants at six and two have an 82 percent chance of making the playoffs. But in all honesty, look at the standings right now. Take the division leaders out of the mix. There are three wild card spots available. Okay. The Giants and the Cowboys have two losses apiece. San Francisco has four losses. Those would be your three wild card teams. The next best records, I think four teams are tied with five losses apiece. That's a mess. Five. Five. That's three losses behind the Giants with a half a season to go. So, Brian Dable's right. Control what you can control. Live for today. Take care of today. You can't talk about playoffs. He was asked about that today, and he said, not even thinking about it. I'm worrying about what I can control today. Have to live for the moment. I understand the philosophy. But the reality of the mathematics just tells you the separation between the rest of those teams in the forest. And they've they've all got five losses or more, John. I mean, the standings are, are pretty black and white. Now, can the Giants continue to regain some of their health and do what they need to do? I think you and I would both sit here and agree, and I know you'll tell me if you disagree. They've got to beat Houston and Detroit, teams that should be in the forest. You've got to take care of those teams in the forest and bury their hides because you can't slip up against these two teams and then expect to go through the gauntlet you're going to have the rest of the season. Yeah, look, and even Washington's playing better. Like, they are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I'm with you. 
I, I agree. Look, these next two games are games you should win. You have to. Yeah. I mean, look, if you lose one of these two, can you still go out there and make the playoffs given the the the, the state of you the conference? You make it harder for yourself. No, you certainly can. But, yeah, it, you, you you put undue pressure on yourself as Bingo. you head into the rest of the year. You think I need more Agita? No. No, and Paul Dottino's not more relaxed coming off the bye week anyway. For all no, I'm not. People that are out there. I'm he not. Just, he somehow his stress built, even though he didn't have anything to do over the week. I, was, I told you I was discombobulated. The bye week really threw me off out of sync. I don't like it. More, more discombobulated than usual? Yes. I'm very discombobulated. <laughs> I am so out of sync, John. I, I can't wait till Sunday's kickoff. It happens every year. It, it does. <laughs> you're not used to it yet? I'm, no. God, and you know what happens in a couple of years when we go to 18 games and there are two bye weeks in the schedule? I'm really going to freak out. That's going to be dangerous. That's what we had in the USFL when the generals were here and I covered the generals. There were two bye weeks in the 18-game schedule. Oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. What was it, like 1986? All right, fine. Just move on. <laughs> what year was that? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, in mid-80s. Mid-80s. Yep. Five-year-old John definitely remembered the 18-game USFL I want to say 83, 84, 85, <laughs> I think, was our th- was our three seasons of the USFL, as I recall. Those were the three years. But we played 18 games with a two-week bye, which is why the NFL is going to wind up going there, because it's been proven that it can be done. No, they're going to go there because they could play another game and cash another check. No doubt. That's no doubt. Do it. No doubt. <laughs> 201 939 Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It's not, it's not like, well, you know, we wouldn't do this, but the USFL did it, so I guess we have to. I mean, that's <laughs> what the conversation is. Let's go to Steven Staten Island. He's up next. Hey, Steve. Hey, uh, good afternoon, guys. How are you? Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling in. What do you uh, got? Oh, hey, Paul. Um. <clears throat> I actually have a, a question and a comment, and then I'll hang up because I want to hear your answer. Sure. Um, I'm hearing that um, Galladay might come, might be ready Sunday. And uh, coach has said I that. Know, I'm sorry. The coach has said that they're hopeful that he'll be ready to oh. go on Sunday. Yes, he's going to well, practice today. Okay. Well, that's listen. I know, and I'll speak for myself. I've been definitely one of the guys that have been on that about his lack of production or thereof, but maybe I'm in the minority here when I say this. I think if this guy just gets that first touchdown under his belt, I think if this guy sees that, you know what, he is an intricate part of this team, I'm thinking maybe his entire confidence level changes. Obviously, Coach Dable's confidence level changes. Jones' confidence level changes because they know now they got that go-to receiver. And as, as a good a job as Slayton has done, and, you know, thank God Wondell Robinson, you know, it, it looks like the future's bright with him, and you're going to forget about Kadarius Tony now that you got this kid. You know what? I think, again, I think I, I really hope that Galladay is a big piece moving forward because it's kind of like what you said, these next two games, on paper, they're winnable. And, you know, how much more do we have to sit back and watch fourth quarter comes back comebacks like i i want to see this team get out get a lead and just hold the lead and play smart football the rest of the way and uh my question to you guys is um 
if Galladay is a goal for Sunday, how much do you guys think you're going to see him in, in the offense? Like, do you really see Jones and him hooking up a lot? And uh, that's pretty much it. As always, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for taking my call, and have a great day. Thank you, Steve. You too. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I don't want to sound like a jerk. Like, last we saw Kenny Galladay, what was he playing, 25 snaps a game? Look, the best answer for this is what John and I said earlier. Run the ball until Houston proves they can stop it. That's the first order of business. I mean, do we even know he's going to be out there with the starting wideouts to start the game? No, we don't. But but this should be a heavy run-oriented Giants attack. Yeah. So the receivers should not be the core of what they want to do. Whether or not he plays, that should not necessarily be relevant. Right, and I'm, I'll just point this out, too. I know he said, oh, he just needs to feel like he's you know, a big part of the team. I mean, he was the number one wide receiver for all the spring and summer. I mean, it was pretty obvious that they're like, dude, like we, we, we need you. Here, go. I, mean, I, will, I will agree with the caller about one thing. I do think Galladay is one of those guys who is uh, very invested emotionally into how he's doing. I buy that. I think he needs to feel good about himself. He's got a lot of pride. He's very hurt by not having a touchdown catch last year. We've talked about that with him a million times. Well, I think he just wants to contribute to the team more from an, from an yeah. unselfish perspective, let alone a selfish perspective. And, and as he said a couple of weeks ago, this team was 6-1. and one. He's like, I want, to be, I want to be part of this. I've never been part of a 6-1 and one team. I want to be out there. What I want to too? win. He's never been part of a 10-win team in his whole career. Right. right? So, so I, I do agree with the caller in that if you can get him going – I think there's a potential there to get the wheel turning even further, and there could be a momentum factor that may allow him to light a spark. I think that's possible. Look, I'm holding out hope. I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. But as you said, John, show me. Show me. He's a show-me player right now. That's that's all there is to it. And I think the other thing Steve said I think is important, and he just made the – and I wrote – I don't forgot if I wrote this in cover four or mailbag or whatever it was. It's on the website somewhere. Go find it. Um, where, look, people ask me, like, what my expectations are for the second half. And I said, look, I expect the Giants to continue to play fundamental, sound, solid football. Go out there, play your game. It's going to be good enough to win some weeks. It's not going to be good enough to win other weeks. Just the way it's going to go. But if you do that and you don't beat yourself and you play solid football the way they've been playing, you're probably going to be a playoff team. And, again, you might run into a team that's better than you that day and you'll get beat, sure. But I think you'll win enough if you just go out there and play smart, mistake-free football and the Giants will be a playoff team. John, I will get pushback on a lot of folks about this because they're more interested in the contract and the numbers. But I would say this, for Kenny Galladay to have a successful second half of the season, in my mind, what I need to see from him It'd be great if you get a whole bunch of touchdowns. Sure, I understand that. You know me, though. I'd like to run it in from the five-yard line. I don't necessarily need touchdown passes from the five-yard line. I want to see him just consistently move the chains. Catch passes that create first downs that allow the Giants to drive downfield and control the game offensively. If, if I can get four or five catches out of Kenny Galladay on Sunday and every one of them is for a first down, Believe it or not, he gets a thumbs up from me. That's production. That is an asset to this offense, the way I see it. Yeah, no question about it. 201-939-4513. Hopefully they can get that from other players here moving forward at that position because you're going to need 
Look, where they sit right now in terms of 20-yard-plus attempts, 20-yard completions and plays and stuff through the air, I mean, it, it's not a great formula. You're relying an awful lot on Saquon Barkley to make up for those lack of explosives through the pass game with explosives in the run game. And we've seen those slow down the last few weeks. You know, you just can't expect a, you know, I think the lead league in running backs, you know, 20-plus yard plays is like eight or nine. And, you know, trust me, for pass plays, it's, it's probably two or three times that. Oh, sure. In terms of, you know, quarterbacks, sure. passes of 20-plus yards. So it's just very hard to make up for those lack of explosives in the pass game with the run game. So they're going to have to figure out a way to make that work if you're going to beat some of these better teams. Well, and the, the other thing that Lance likes to talk about all the time is your third and longs. On third and seven, if Galladay can give me a 10-yard catch just to move the chains, that may not be an explosive play, but it's a big play. Oh, absolutely. And by it's the way, play. the Giants actually, their last two or three games, they've actually done pretty good they on third have. and nine plus. Isn't that crazy? Which I really don't have a good explanation <laughs> what for. What do I? You know, like, it's weird. Teams are just letting them, like, catch in cuts at one yard past the line. It's not like they're doing anything crazy with their route combinions. They're just running, like, deep in, like, right past the, the sticks, and they're not playing. Yeah. It's, 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 but they actually have done that pretty well, and Slayton's been his primary target on those plays. I think, he's three yes. of, I think he is three of the four on those, actually. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Wilson in New Jersey. He's up next. Hi, Wilson. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi. Uh, Hey, listen, I've been a Giants fan for almost 45 years. And uh, I have a problem with Joe Shank. It's going to sound crazy uh, because he's done a great job, supposedly. And he has. I have a problem with this. The Giants are 6-2. and two. We have the fifth best record in the NFL. Whether people like it or not, because for some crazy reason, like everybody, all the media hates the fact that the Giants are 6-2. and two. Like the Giants are the only team that have to apologize for winning six games. You know, like it was never the Giants didn't do anything to you know to win. The other team did everything to lose. That's not Wilson, 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 Wilson. That's first of all, that's not true. I think the coaching staff and this group of players has gotten a lot of credit for being six and two. No, 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 no. I know that. I'm saying that the outside media, like everybody, like you know, like do you know how many going Wilson? Do you know how many glowing articles have been written about the job Brian Dable's done with this team? It's all over the place. I think mo- many of the uh, midseason awards say he's coach of the year, right? Yeah, and Saquon uh, Barkley uh, uh, is the is, is the biggest non quarterback MVP candidate. No, I I, th- I think the general the general media has maybe been better to the team than maybe some of the local media, perhaps. Right, if that's well, what you're talking about, maybe, maybe. Okay, uh, listen, but let me ask something. Joe Shane can't can't guarantee the Giants fans a six and two start next year, right? Even with a better team, he can't. Well, nobody Why can is ever. What are you talking about next year for? What is he talking about the future next year for? Wilson, let me ask you something. Let, listen, let me ask you something. Are, are you happy that the Giants have about twenty million of dead money on their cap this year, and Kenny Galladay signed to a twenty-plus million dollar year contract? Because that attitude is how you get to your salary cap situation you had this offseason. By not worrying about next season. That's how you get to the point where you're scrounging for guys on the waiver wire because you couldn't do anything back in March because your salary cap is screwed up. That's why you have to worry about next year. Otherwise, you're never going to sustain any level of success. Mm -hmm. Listen, and I understand, but listen. Would you agree with me that the Gi- Giants fans, we've, we've been like in, in, in like, it, we've been, it, it's been a disgrace for the past five years. I mean, it's been a disgrace. No, from, it's been bad. From Joe it's been Judge. bad, sure. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. So listen, so we're 6-2, right? We, Giants fans deserve 
to go to the playoffs, man. We just, we, it's, we just, it's tough. We can, can we be happy for one season? Can we be like, have like a, no, tur- Wilson, can we have like turkey dinner whoa. and be happy? No, what? Wilson, you realize right now, without making a move, if you just look at the statistics, the Giants have an over 80% chance of making the postseason. I mean, they're they're okay. in the right so, direction, and, and, my and, man. And, and, I don't understand your complaints. I, Wilson, here's the question you need to ask yourself. Okay, Is adding one of the receivers that are on the market going to make the Giants a Super Bowl champion contender? If your answer is no, that's why Joe Shane didn't make a trade. Well, listen. Answer my question, Wilson. No, 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 no. Answer no, the question. I, 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 no, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But you. But Thank maybe you. not. But listen, the, the Packers and the Buccaneers, right? They were supposed to be pencil in as the Super Bowl champions, right? Look where, look where they are. So you just gotta take a chance, man. We've All right, here's I'm we'll, I'm gonna ask you another question, and then we're gonna let you yeah. go. Okay. Okay. Which of you. the receivers supposedly on the market did you want, and what was the price you were willing to offer for that player? No, no, listen. It wasn't. It's not even so much. No, about, but you're I'm complaining kidding. about him not making a move. So we're asking you, what move did what? you think they should have made? What What was the move, and what was the price? Well, obviously, obviously, he, his hands were tied. But I'm not, look, Paul. Listen, I, I'm not even talking. I'm just talking about that. I want my general manager to say, "Listen, we're six and two, and we're gonna do our best to, to, you know, to, 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 to do a run on it." I don't want my, I, I don't want, I don't want my general manager when you. All right, but but here's the one thing. Did you listen to Joe Shane's press conference last week during the bye? He said no. they've been on the phone with teams since August. He actually said that since August inquiring about players that they tried to get. They even looked at potentially players in the final years of their contracts so that it wouldn't screw up the 23 cap, and they could not find a proper fit to make a deal. The prices that people were demanding were outrageous, and so he could not follow through with his attempts to try to acquire more players. So if you want to tell me you're disappointed that it didn't work out, that's fine. But you can't criticize him and say he didn't try. He told you he was making calls since August. I guess the only thing that bothered me was the fact that when you're 62, I don't want to to hear about 2020. I guess that's what bothered me. Bother me the fact that you're six and two and you're talking about next well, year. Well, 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 real quick, did did Joe Shane actually mention next year in any of his answers? Not oh, in that press conference. Nine games left. The future, uh, uh, future assets. The future. I don't want to hear about the future when when I'm six and two. I guess that's what bothers okay, me. Okay, so Wilson, so Wilson, real, real quick, so Wilson, so Wilson, you, you would have been fine trading your first round pick for Chase Claypool. Not a first, I would have been fine with a second round. I mean, yeah, but the Bears, Wilson, Wilson, the Bears have a worse record than you. They would have taken the Bears' offer and not yours. So therefore, you're not getting Chase Claypool. Jerry Judy's a better player than Chase Claypool. They would have wanted a one for him. Do you want to make that trade? Well, because I do you want to do you want to <laughs> add Brandon Cooks for eighteen million dollars on your cap next no, year no, with the guarantee contract? The Giants, the Giants could the Giants couldn't do that. I, I guess listen, I right? Guess no, so Wilson, 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 that that's my point though. I'm not trying to be belligerent and argue with you. I'm just trying to point out that no, no, and, these and are the options the Giants about. were presented with. If yeah. they were presented with something that made sense, they would have made a trade. Sure. Nothing out there made sense. Yeah. Can I ask you one last thing and, and sure. before you guys let me go? I want to ask you something. I want to ask you guys something because I know Paul. Paul, are you a, you're a Giants fan, right? No, he hates the Giants. 
<laughs> no, yes, let yes. me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Be, 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 be truthful, because I love you guys, but be truthful. If you're a fan, right, and you had, and you've been, you, and you had like miserable five years, right? I mean, it was a disgrace. And you're six and two, right? And I'm the man, and I'm the general manager. Do you really want to, do you want to hear me talk about the future, about 2023? Tell me the truth. Or you want to see, listen, man, we're six and two. Let's go for it. Give, give me a little happiness. All right, here's, and, and, here, and I'm going to give you a two-pronged answer. My first answer is, I believe that the Giants at six and two, the way they stand right now, with the schedule before them, I think they are a double-digit win team. There's no reason why they can't win at least 10 games and make the playoffs this year. I believe that's very realistic. So I think they're going to the playoffs. So I'm not not sitting here saying they have to make a trade to get there. I think they're going to go. I really do believe that. That's number one. My second point to you is simple. I remember 2016. I remember the money they spent on three bona fide defensive stars to make the playoffs and then the entire house of cards collapsed and fell into the muck of the river. And for the next how many handful of years, this team has suffered. I'm not willing to see this team make the playoffs this year at the expense of the next five years. And I want to add this, too. I don't yes. want to go through that again. As a fan, okay. I understand, okay. Wilson, where you're coming from, how you want to go for Thank it this you. year. And, and, and Wilson, thanks for the call. You can listen off the air. Thank you. I understand where you're coming from in the fans' attitude, right? Make the trade. Make a run this year. We're in it. Let's go. There are no guarantees next year. I get all that. Totally get it. Part of Joe Shane's job description is not to give in to that. It's true. You have to be disciplined. You can't let your emotions, you know, get away with you and have you do things that are not prudent. Brian Dable's job is to worry about this year. Win as many games as you can, get into the playoffs, and Joe Shane, do what you can to help him get there with the, with the players you add. But it is Joe Shane's main job to look after the long-term future of this franchise to figure out a way to have sustained success over a long period of time. We've seen it. It's very difficult to win a Super Bowl. There are many years where the best team does not win. The Bills might have been the best team in football last year. They didn't even get to the AFC Championship game, and they were the best team in football. So what you want to do, you want to set yourself up to be in it as many years in pos- as many years as possible. So hopefully, eventually, you break through That's right. in one or two of those years. I agree. All right? Now, quite frankly, the Eli Manning era with the Giants, they got pretty lucky. They weren't in the playoffs all that often. But when they got in, by gosh, they made the most of it, and they mm-hmm. made runs, and they made Super Bowls. That is a very, very risky way to do business. You want to try to just give yourself the chance to get in the tournament. That was Tom Coffin's own old, old phrase, right? Always. Get in the tournament. Always. And then who knows? But if you sell out too much for one year and it jeopardizes your chance to make that tournament in three of the next four years or however you want to look at it, that's irresponsible work by your general manager. You automatically have to pay that credit card off with interest in the ensuing years. That's how bad it becomes. Look, if there's one thing I learned over the years, John, and you know me being a feisty paisan, this is absolutely (laughs) coming from the heart. Logic and emotions usually don't mix. They're almost as bad a mix as oil and water. Logic and emotions, really, really bad. Oh, and You've got to keep them separate. Oh, I always, I always try to bring you, bring you I down know you from do. that. You know that. You, that's why I'm trying to say. You've, you've seen firsthand 
logic and emotions, bad, bad mix. Keep them separate. Once you let emotions get into that equation, you're running the risk of making a serious mistake. Yeah, so, no question about it. All right, let's go to our final call of the show. Martin in Wisconsin, he's up next. And it's, look, it's tough to be disciplined. That's why it's a hard job to be general manager. No doubt. It's very tough to make these decisions. Martin, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hi. Now yeah. I know it. Not, hey, I know what Paulie talks about with Agita now after that call. <laughs> Jeez. Um, hey, he's a good I, I, fan. I, I excuse no, him because wants, I know where he's coming he from. He wants to win. I, I, I understand. It's okay. <laughs> um, well, first off, you know, a lot of people are giving McKinney a hard time. I, I think we should all just be glad that the kid's not seriously injured. I mean, this could have been way worse news than what we, we could have found out yesterday. I mean, I'm just glad the kid didn't have a, a super serious injury to where it was season ending. So, and, and the next thing I wanted to talk about is in terms of his injury and, and the loss on the defense, um, obviously Love gets, should get the green dot, but I think we keep Collins at that dime linebacker and Belton's just the next man up. I, I really suspect that that's what, what Wink is going to do. Next man up. And and Belton gets the nod. What are you guys' thoughts? I think that's the likely scenario. Uh, look, somehow, some way, it's going to be a mixture of those three guys. Who gets the start? Who winds up playing more snaps? Who plays uh, in certain situations against certain matchups? That's all going to be fluid. Wake Martindale's proven to us that he will adjust on the fly. So uh, look at those three guys. I, I think that's where your answer lies, one way or the other. I think that's fair. Obviously, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see Tony Jefferson being in the mix, even though he's got another week left on IR. Maybe down the road, he's part of the answer. I, I don't necessarily believe he's better than those other three guys, though. All right. Well, that's all I had. Thanks. Right. Thank you, Martin. Appreciate the call. And this will be my last word on the trade down. We have two minutes before we got to wrap, anyway. Yeah. For people that follow the Knicks, I know Paul, you're a Knicks fan, obviously. Big, fan, big fans fan. out there follow the Knicks too. I'm going to take you back to the COVID year. 2020 season. The 2020-2021 yep. season. Knicks had a great year. They stayed pat and became the four seed. Well, well, actually, they added Derrick Rose. That was actually a big move they made. Well, the yeah. Okay, you're but right. I'm talking about after that. Right. right? But, they didn't give, but they didn't give up anything to get Rose. They traded, no. a, they traded a second round pick or whatever. There were a lot of other people was, who wanted nothing. them to make another deal. Correct. And they didn't. But the point I'm making is that you got to the end of that season. Knicks were the four seed. It was a great year. Finished 10 games over 500. Loved it. Feeling great about yourself. So then you get to the offseason, you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, man, we can't tear this team down. We, we're, we're four seed, man. We're 10 games over 500. So you re-sign all these guys, right? Come back the next year, what happens? You finish 10 games under 500. You ha- I will quote Joe Judge, and I know people don't like when I do this, but one thing he always said sticks with me. Your record oftentimes isn't a good indicator of either how well you're playing or how good you are. Mm-hmm. Because... The record can be influenced by weird things. So when you're projecting down the line, remember the Giants are 6-1 in one, in one score games. That's a hard thing to sustain, right? So when you take a look at this from a big picture, you have to think about it and say, well, like, is, is this exactly how we're going to win moving forward? Is this our core? Is there still a lot of change coming? Where are we in terms of building the franchise up? And it's going to take some disciplined, tough decisions to maybe make changes to a winning team after the year. When it seems to a fan, it might be counterintuitive, right? But for the long-term 
prospects and gains of the team, you might have to make some changes that people might not like. It might not seem like they make sense in the current because it's going to help you in the future. And now if you look at the Knicks roster, right, they've jettisoned all those guys. Alec Burks is gone. Norman's Noel is gone. Go down the list. They had to get rid of all those guys because they couldn't repeat their success from one year to the next. Mm -hmm. And that's what Joe Shane's going to have to judge after the year. What's going on? So that's kind of, I think, how he's thinking in terms of going all in for this year then makes that process after the season even harder. I think the way that the league is built nowadays, John, what you want to try to do is set yourself up for a potential four- or five-year run where you think you can be a legitimate playoff contender. And if you can get lucky in one or two of those years and go far into the playoffs and maybe make a challenge mm-hmm. for the ring, that's great. Now, if you, now if I you, don't see how you can plan further than four or five years ahead, Max. I mean, if you have a Josh free agency Allen, destroys if you, you have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, I think you can probably just keep, keep planning until they're off your roster. You know what I mean? Now, you might have like a dip here or there along the way to restock and rebuild and things like that. Well, it's what makes the Patriots so incredibly right. unique. But even the Patriots. Pearson, how many years did they go out to win a Super Bowl? Seven in the middle of that streak? Yeah. Something like that? They've been to nine or ten. Right, but they had a big gap in there where they didn't win, and they didn't even make the Super Bowl, right? So teams are going to have, you know, ebbs and flows and stuff like that because seasons are weird, you know, injuries, blah, 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 blah. I think the Steelers would be the other example of, you know, consistency in terms of making the playoffs over a decade's time. this is my point. But it's, Who it, are their quarterbacks? It, yeah. Well, they Tom Brady, Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Now yeah. you have the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. You can have the Bills with Josh Allen. Packers with Aaron Rodgers. They've always been in the playoffs when he's healthy, right? So I think when you have that elite, elite quarterback, then the, the conversation it gives changes you a better a chance. Yeah, yeah, because that quarterback is going to— Gives gonna, you a better chance. Because just having that quarterback gets you to 500. When they, then have, the, when then they the, have a weaker team around them, they can still make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. They might not be Super Bowl contenders, but they can still be in the playoffs. Yeah, That's they could correct. still sneak right. in. That's mm-hmm. true. Unless that, that cap number for that quarterback gets so ridiculously high that they can't afford anybody else. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, look where we are with the Packers now, right? They exactly. Might, they might not be able to make it. Uh, and, we'll see. And, anyway. and paying dearly for Aaron Rodgers' salary. All right, let's rock and roll. Tomorrow, we're back on BBK at 1230 with uh, Howard and Russ. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmunk. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.